Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a great topic and I think it's a topic that is absolutely in our face today. There's a lot in our face today. Oh my goodness. We're on the winning team, Johnny. Like where do we even start sometimes? Yeah. Well, thank God we face nothing alone. The Amen. Lord is with us. Right? We pray Did, for wisdom. So today we're going to talk about what is biblical Christianity versus cultural Christianity. Because, dude, the church, and man, I, I even hate to say this, but the church is failing miserable. And I think the reason that the church is failing miserable is because the majority of the churches, and I do mean majority, have fallen into cultural Christianity rather than having stayed with biblical Christianity. Yeah, I have um, kind of a major tenet, I guess you would say, that why that might be. Uh, biblical Christianity is f- a f- faith-based facts, f- facts, yeah, facts, <laughs> A-C-T-S, not F-A-X, facts-based, truth-based, whereas cultural Christianity would be more experiential. Yeah. How, how does it, oh, I feel so good when I go there. Well, there's a whole, there's some really feeling good things in the scriptures for right. sure, but there's some straight up truth. Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're what? You're against me. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't have it both ways. And so I think at the core of this, you know, it's the, the church of Jesus. You shall know the truth. The truth will set you, set you free. So I think that would be at the foundation. Boy, it goes out in a lot of different directions, and it's, it, it deserves our attention today. I think it does. Hey, I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, the Duke Meister, Pastor Duke Herget. And today we're going to talk about the difference between biblical Christianity and cultural Christianity. Brother, why don't you open us in a word of prayer, and then we will get started. Yes, sir. Let's pray. Father, make these next uh, moments profitable for those who choose to listen in. We pray for the anointing of your spirit upon us to share that which will glorify you and build up those who follow you. Uh, Let us not wander off into foolishness, and uh, let uh, our words bring you glory and blessing to those who hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, you were talking about... It being facts, facts, <laughs> F-A-C-T-S. fact-based. And if it's fact-based, that's biblical Christianity. It's all according to the scriptures. If we're talking cultural Christianity, uh, and I put a list here, is family background or personal experience, right? Uh, maybe your residence, the country that you're in, or even the state, because let's be honest, New York is way different than mm-hmm. North Carolina. Yeah, way different from Ohio and Missouri, the other two places I lived. Yeah, right. Everything changes. So it could be your residence. It can be your social environment. Where did you come from? Um, how did other people look at it? Uh, uh, just so many things that will determine cultural Christianity. You know, Christianity can go from the fire in your heart. Jesus saved me, washed away my sins. I have eternal life. I want everybody to go to heaven to the fires start dying down to just hot coals and not much light anymore. Right. Some heat, but not a lot of light. And uh, the fervency kind of goes away. And then it begins to substitute. Uh, let's have a nice concert. Let's, right. <laughs> right. Let's have a Christian comedian come in. And I'm, I'm not against concert i love them. i go a lot and i have some com- friends that are christian comedians they're fantastic but you know like in uh electronics you know you have that that first generation that thing you and then you make a copy of a copy of a copy mm-hmm. and it deteriorates at, right. at the qualities it goes down and i've heard that illustrate what we're talking about here yeah the the difference the real difference like if we just brought it right down to it the real difference is biblical christianity sticks with the word of god no matter Culture, what. no matter what, whether whether we like it or don't. And by the way, there's there's been passages where I've read that I don't like. Yeah, there's a whole lot I don't like. <laughs> Be going, holy, for I am holy. That's a tough one. <laughs> and I've been going, struggling with that for almost fifty years, yeah. John. <laughs> Still in my Bible. I try to get rid of it. And I'm going. Uh, God, I don't like this. I'll be obedient to it, but I don't like it. God said, yeah, I put it in there for you, Johnny, because you need this. Dude. <laughs> I know, right? Like, there's certain <laughs> things we, we absolutely need. Um, whereas cultural Christianity is people's personal 
convictions. You know, people follow what they experience, what they believe, and they allow the culture to define their convictions. And therefore, they stray from the word of God Mm -hmm. and then fight those that want to stick with the word of God. I can illustrate what you just said. 1988, we had a young couple come from Sweden, and they were living together, two children, not married, which nobody in Sweden was married in those days and still pretty much the same so today. And um, marriage was, you know, it changes your tax status, and you might lose a little bit of money and have to tax it. So why would you be married? Well, but America's the same way. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. That's exactly where I'm going. Back back when they said that in 1988 here in America, America's like, embarrassed, like, oh. You know, you guys don't get married. You just live together and over a passage of time, the things same. water down and now it's kind of part of our culture. Yep. Like, you got married, why would you do that? Yeah, because now it's actually, take the risk? there's more tax benefits to stay single. Um, you can cheat the system way better if you're single. They actually punish you now if you're married. They give you less tax credits. I, I, I mean, I can go on and on and yeah. on. Yeah. Whereas our society is supporting anything anti-God. And uh, 30 years ago, that wasn't quite so in our culture, but there's that deterioration generation after generation. And we still have a form of Christianity, but it went from a biblical Christianity (laughs) towards a cultural Christianity. In my view, cultural Christianity has no power, doesn't have any really strong conviction, the fires go out. They see very few people, few people saved, and they don't well, even care that they how about don't this? see people saved. How about this? Th- this is proof positive, and obviously this might actually disrupt someone's day a little bit, but it is the truth. You have practicing married homosexuals. Well, not married, but unioned, yeah. right? And But yet they'll call themselves Christian. Well, wait a minute. That's an oxymoron. And then you say, well, wait a minute, God doesn't agree with your lifestyle. Don't you tell me. Who are you to judge me? Well, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you what the well, word of God see, says. See, I'm a thief, but I'm a Christian thief. Yeah. I'm a- <laughs> you know, I only steal good stuff and give it to good people. <laughs> Another oxymoron, right? It is, right? You know, I only steal nice motorcycles. Yeah. And I'll give people a ride on my motorcycle yeah. that I sold. It's like, it, no, doesn't, it doesn't fit. It it's, doesn't it's not fit. You know, yeah. I had... I met a, a waiter one time and he asked me what I, we were talking and then he, I brought up Jesus and he asked me what I did. And I said, well, I'm a, I'm a pastor. And he goes, I'm a Christian. And I go, you are. And he goes, yeah. Well then as, as the evening went on, he's telling me how he goes out and drinks and sleeps with all kinds of women. And I said, and I looked at him and I said, I thought you said you were a Christian. And he goes, I am. And I go, but yet you're practicing everything that God says not to, to do. And he's like, God loves me just the way I am. He made me the way I am. And I go, "Mm, that might be cultural Christianity, Johnny. And that's cultural Christianity. Yeah, Jesus said, uh, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do Do not not the things what I say. Do not what I say. So biblical Christianity adheres to the fundamentals of the Christian faith that is found in the Bible. I listed five of them here. One, the triunity of God. Right, God Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. These three are one. One, right? So that so God exists eternally in three persons: Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Number two, Jesus Christ is fully man and fully God, and His death was the substitutionary sacrifice for sinners, and He rose again on the third day, bodily rose. So you're saying Christ, true Church, is Christ centric. It's centered on Jesus. It's all, it's all about it, Jesus. Whether it be our moral uh, functioning, whether it be our doctrinal teaching, whether it be our daily practice, it's all centered on Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I thought that's what you were trying to say. Right. <laughs> I, I think I agree with you, Johnny. <laughs> Number three, <laughs> salvation is by grace alone Amen. through faith in Christ alone. alone. Nothing else. You can't be good enough. You can't give enough money. You can't earn your way. There's nothing you can do to get in heaven Except to believe on Jesus Christ alone. So you're saying it's Christ-centric, and they talk about people getting saved a lot. Yeah. But, oh, and better yet, better than getting saved, are you ready? 
born again. Oh, <laughs> now you're dragging another Bible. You're dragging the words of Jesus into this conversation, Johnny. So that's the funny thing is, you're for whatever get, reason. You're going to get kicked off Facebook forever. <laughs> I've been close already. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that for some reason, when you say born again. It's that offense today. Dude, that twists people up like a pretzel, man. But yet, those are the very words of Jesus. And when you tell them that they're the very words of Jesus, they are still offended. Yeah. The word salvation applied is saved. Sa what must I do to be saved? Acts 1631. Yeah. Uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. saved. You know, I went to church out of the world, the drug culture, you know, people, when did you get saved? Oh, I got saved here yeah, and my friends got saved. I like that. I remember when I got saved, it never gets old to tell my story. I love to hear your story, Johnny, because you, you needed Jesus as bad or worse than me. <laughs> I was saying you and I are running a pretty good race there, brother. <laughs> but, but that's the thing is saved. And then Jesus says in John chapter three, you must be born, born again. again. And so even if you have a homosexual who says, I was born this way, well, that great. God says, you must be born again. I mean, you can't stay that way. That's the whole point. Only a cultural Christianity would accept that. Absolutely. A biblical Christianity, it's, 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 it's opposite. So now what do you do with those who, people who call themselves Christians? And now that the culture has swayed to support things that the Bible is against, what do you do with those people who support homosexuality and will literally, they say they're Christian, but they'll fight for homosexuality? Yeah, as you just almost took the words out of my mouth. You know, stage one is uh, they embrace that which God has rejected. And then number two, they attack those that still embrace what God had laid out. It's not good enough to just, well... Uh, we think it's okay, but then they have to attack. Right. Uh, they, they are literally attacking the word of God and claiming to be followers of Jesus. And uh, you can't do that. The reality is they're just not followers of Jesus. They're not, they can't be. They have, they have developed a non-biblical Christ, right. Christianity. And boy, I use the word Christianity shamefully there. Uh, it's not Christianity. You, well, that's like Oprah. She says she's a Christian. Yeah. But yet she says Jesus can't be the only way. Yeah, I've heard her go off on that. Oh, absolutely. And get angry. And those of us who say Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, no man come unto the Father but by me. Right. Uh, I've heard her go off on that. You see, that's a man-made. We, we make the Christianity in, into how we want it. It makes us feel good. Whatever's palatable. And you guys over there, you hardcore, you old, <laughs> you extremists, you... Uh, you homophobes and all and that. And you full of hate, you bigots, man. Yeah. You call yourself you a deplorable, Christian. Horrible, you oh. un unredeemables. Yeah. Uh, but see, that's what the Bible prophesied right. how it so, would be in our day. And we're here. We're here. Sad. Well, my, my brother-in-law and I got into a conversation and I, I made the statement, Jesus is the only way to heaven. If you don't believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, him only, you can't get to heaven. And the response was, uh, John, you don't own Christianity. <laughs> there That's are, a pretty clever twist. There's more than one way to get there. And I said, you're absolutely right. I don't own Christianity. But there is no other way to get there. But Jesus owns me. Jesus owns me. And that's what I said. I don't own it, but I know the one who does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, though, that the anybody can have any rules for getting into any uh, group or club or, or be a member of whatever they want. But God, God doesn't have the same right to make his own rules to get into his heaven. Yeah. It's just insane. At any rate, salvation by grace alone. Number four, this, uh, this is going to twist people up, but Jesus confirms this. And uh, number four, the 66 books of the Bible are God's word inspired inerrant, and sufficient for living a godly life. Don't add to it and don't, don't take away from amen. it. Amen. And Jesus even says in John eight forty seven, when he's talking to the Pharisees and the Jews and the lawyers and, and all those that were rising up against him, and they said, we're of Abraham. And he said, no, your father is the devil. If you were of the seed of Abraham for real, you would believe what I was saying. You follow me. Yeah, yeah, you'd believe what I was saying. And then he goes on and he says in, in 840, John eight forty seven, you you are not, you do not believe the words of God. Therefore you are not of God. 
So that's when we, what Jesus says. That's what Jesus says. So when we look at the 66 books of the Bible, it's God's word, inerrant, inspired, um, and sufficient. I love the word sufficient. We don't have to go to uh, the, anybody's creed. We don't have to go nope. to any councils. God gave us his word. He preserved his word. And it's everything we need. People come. Well, to I love how it says it makes us complete, yeah. lacking nothing. Yeah. If the Bible doesn't speak to it to an issue, I don't worry about it. You have a lot of questions. You know, did Adam have a belly button? <laughs> the Bible doesn't speak. Welcome back to the microphone, John. He's I been never thought of that. Yeah, it's I've been it's been bothering me for almost fifty years. <laughs> Who cares if you I read it I read it I read it in Greek, Hebrew, and English. It's it can't, I don't know. But I guess if God didn't bring that's it up, then that's hilarious. I'm not gonna be tested on it at the end, you know, but that is hilarious. I never once thought that <laughs> <laughs> What the crap Tommy Tommy Chong came to visit you today. What would make Dude, you think of that? I how could you not think of it, man? Because he wasn't born. Do you have a, a belly button? Oh my goodness! Yeah, every human being except for well, what Eve. about Eve? You know, I'm a little concerned about her too. She, <laughs> I don't think I was supposed to be peeking when I get there. <laughs> I never thought of that. Never <laughs> entered my mind. <laughs> Well, now you know, John. Now I'll never forget. Hmm, did Adam and Eve have a belly button? <laughs> you okay? We might have to edit some of this out I don't there. even know why that's so funny. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm sweating. All right, here we go. That is hilarious. Dude, whatever made you? Did he ever have a belly button? <laughs> He killed a lot of brain cells in 1969, John. You just work with what you got oh, left. Oh, my goodness. That's a reasonable question. <laughs> <laughs> got some biblical implications, some scientific. Science would say. Well, actually, he wouldn't, and neither would Eve, unless God just put one there for looks. I don't know, man. It's been bothering me for 50 years. You're not helping me at all. You're just restating the question. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be there. Help me, Johnny. Oh, that Let's was get back much. to the text All right, here. number five. <laughs> that was hilarious. Number number five. Um, I don't even know. I, dude, you got my brain rolling on. <laughs> we'll do a podcast on John. Uh, I, I'm going to say no. <laughs> because there was no umbilical I'm cord that way. to cut. I'm leaning that way. But yeah, neither one had an yeah. umbilical cord to cut. I, I don't know. Unless, unless he just made them that way. To look like everyone else. So they wouldn't be, you know, feel slighted when the kids <laughs> all have one. How come we didn't get one of those? I think about it, Adam. <laughs> uh, Adam Jr., <laughs> you weren't like me. I've chased rabbits before, but this is the longest all rabbit right. trail we've ever Let's had. Let's get back on it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it's that, fun. I just never thought that is so intriguing. <laughs> I don't know if I love you or hate you now. <laughs> Number five. You commanded to love me, John. I know. Oh, my goodness. Number five. Jesus Christ is coming again to judge sin and rule the world. Mm -hmm. Dude, the millennial reign is coming. Yeah. You know, when I came to Christ, I had an awareness that Christ is going to return. I've been obsessed with that ever since. If Jesus is coming back, that's the biggest thing that we're facing. I'm looking forward to the day. I think about it every day, every hour. And I have for 50 years. And uh, I want to be ready. The Bible says that if we abide in with little children abide in him so that when he shall appear, we'll not be ashamed before him at his coming. Belly button or not. I'm still trying to get serve. past the belly button. I can see it in your eyes. It's just, <laughs> I diverted your brain, Johnny. You're going to wake up at 2 o'clock this morning with a divine revelation. You're going to call me up and wake me up and tell me the answer to this. So, that is And so I got funny. it coming. So if, if you do, if I got it coming. Dude, it's still on my I got to get rid of it. Okay. That is just like this is a kind of go back to our text here. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Let it out. The 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 preeminence. I don't of know why it's captured me so much, dude. You're sleep ahead. deprived. <sighs> the, the the real church, the authentic church, the biblically based church is Christ centric. People are getting saved. We're we're salvation centric. We right. are Jesus is coming again centric. I know these aren't even words, but 
they communicate right. truth. These are the things that are in the forefront of the consciousness of a church. You read that early church. That's they were added as many as God saved. They're added yes. to the church. They got baptized, and the whole church is just centered on this. And then, as cultural Christianity starts to creep in, less people are getting saved. You don't talk much about that because it might offend those that aren't saved yet. Right. right. And uh, they threw it right in my face at Cook Road Baptist when I there, and that made me want to get saved. Right. I didn't get. I don't want to change them to be like me. I was already a mess. I want I want something different from me. Mm-hmm. I want some hope. And getting saved was uh, is what turned, well, turned it all around. Here's the thing about if you take away or leave any of those five things, you have left. Yeah, you've you've left biblical Christianity. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so subtle how Satan does it. It is. It's interesting. You see all those seven churches of Asia and all those churches that the Apostle Paul and his teams built around Asia Minor, Turkey, and different those parts of the world, the island of Malta, you go, and you know, church at Ephesus, uh, Corinth, and all that. They're not there today because they left their first love. Yep. Uh, they went from biblical Christianity to cultural Christianity into obscurity and weakness and, and, and death. But, but that's today's church. But here's the cool thing. Whenever that happens... God sparks in somebody else and rises uh, up a new one. He rises up. I put in the heart of a young man, a fire. And he says, that ain't what I'm looking for. And he goes out and you see these big, beautiful edifices of stained glass buildings and high vaulted ceilings and, uh, pulpits. And I mean, just absolutely breathtaking, beautiful buildings that are empty Mm -hmm. and right across the street in a storefront. There's a crowd of people packing in uh, where they've got nothing but but Jesus-centric, people getting saved, uh, back to the Bible, and then God provides for them, and the people experience God without all the religious frills. You know what's interesting, and you have to forgive me for a minute, but I'm going to brag on my church and use you to to confirm it. (laughs) But I just preached here two weeks in a row while you were away. And there's a lot of love here, man. And there's liberty here. I preach some pretty hard truth here, and they didn't bat an eye because they're used to truth. But how about this? That your your wife, Joellen, uh, meets a lady that's been coming here, who was going to a church for three years, and literally was starving. I'm using Joellen's words. No, this is what the, these are her words to my wife. Yeah, that she was starving. Those she came words. to Connecting Point Church, and man, she's on fire now. She's getting fed. And it, see, I, I've heard about that church uh, f- through the years. It's not too far from us. A word that they often use is culture. Mm-hmm. Well, this is our church culture, and the band is playing, and the lights are really cool, and uh, music's really loud. About literally ninety-three to ninety-four decibels. Oh my that's, goodness! That's they put it there. And it's um, too much. And and then they talk about it, and they, they create a culture. And, boy, when I hear that cultural thing, I'm like, well, wait a minute. What about Jesus? Right. I want I want a Jesus culture. I want to just think about him, what he did for us. I'm overwhelmed. I've been saved for almost 50 years. I'm not over it yet. I'm right. not going to get over right. it for eternity. Yeah. Change everything. And that's... The, that's but, the spirit of a biblical church. Right, and and that shows you the difference between a cultural church and a biblical church or cultural Christianity and biblical Christianity. Uh, this family went there for three years and went one day went, I'm starving. Hear the same thing every week. And then they come build, here. Build me up buttercup. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and, then, and then they come here and every week – is something new because we go to the next verse or we break down the verse and really explain it to give the meat of it. Yeah. I listen in on you, Johnny, uh, even though I'm out and about preaching around the country, I still tune you in and, and I have others that I tune into that are just, there's great biblically minded people. They're still out there. That's right. There's people out there, preachers that are not trying to be anybody. They just love God, love people preaching their guts out and God's blessing and changing people's lives. They're not trying to be, 
cool hip hop right. uh, Christian and and, and and they have their name in lights on a billboard on on the Adirondack Northway. <laughs> <laughs> look at me, look at my smile, you know. Or how about this? Never mind. I can't even go there. All right, because it's, I don't want to talk bad about them. No, there's, but there's illustrations of what we're talking yeah. about in ten minutes away from all of our listeners. Absolutely, you got you got cultural churches that. And then uh, you got these pastors that are going out for the spray tan and the hip shoes and the hip yeah. designer jeans and the hip, but then they leave Jesus out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's interested in that? There's waves that come through cultural waves, and they come and they go, but. God said the gates of hell are not going to prevail against uh, my church. That's right. And it's here. And that's one of the great privileges that, that I've had this past uh, 12, 15 years traveling around the country. I see all the, f- the big shot guys falling into sin and they didn't practice what they preached The Ravi Zacharias. We've talked about that on previous broadcasts. It's heartbreaking. But on the other hand, man, I could take you all over this country, take you to a little church, little church. You- Preaching the gospel. And, and these are little churches that are growing. Yeah. They're seeing people get saved. Yeah. They're churches that are, are having young men feel a fire burn in their hearts, and they're training young men to go out and start other churches, church planting pastors. Right. They plant a church. They help others plant churches. And so the real deal is there. God promised it would always be there. And uh, I just want to be in on that number. I want to be part of that group. And we should be expecting the cultural Christianity because uh, the Bible prophesied it would be that way. And it's here, it's heartbreaking. It's in our face. It's in our face, but yeah. we, we, first of all, we got to recognize it. You can say something's wrong there. They got the lights right. They got the sound up. The band is hitting every note, you know, they really and that's into it. And, how but, crazy, that's what they're looking for. Yeah, and then wait a minute. And I say, how many people have really gotten saved here? Their lives have changed. They're conformed to the image of right. Jesus. They can explain their salvation experience. They share their faith with other people so that they can get saved. That's the only kind of Christianity I knew about. I was brought to a church. You need to get saved. Okay, I don't know what that means, but they explained it to me, and uh, I got saved. Well, you saved. know, there's a church in the area that runs, I don't know, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, whatever they run. They, they're a big church. And I met five people from that church now i didn't know they were from that church i just invited them to church and they were like oh i already go to church fantastic what church do you go to and they told me and i went oh great can i ask you a question yeah and 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 one of the one of them was a sunday school teacher there and i said how do you get to heaven they looked at me and the response was deer in the headlights huh that's a great question now, you got a church running 1,000 to 2,000 people, and your people that are asked how to get to heaven respond with, that's a great question. And one of the, one of the people is actually teaching your children. That, that, yeah. Dude, that's insanity. But you, that, that is cultural Christianity. Mm-hmm. I, had a, well, I was saved in the Bible Belt in Ohio, went to school in the, in the buckle of the Bible Belt, Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> yeah, is the buckle. And uh, I really experienced cultural Christianity. Now, it wasn't unbiblical. It hadn't taken the plunge away from the Bible, but there was definitely a culture. There was a certain culture of the Ozarks. Uh, people talk way too slow. I wanted to finish their sentences for them. I gave you a chance. You didn't speak fast enough. And uh, uh, and there there was a, a, a culture, for instance, uh, my wife didn't own a pair of pants for nine years. It was kind of built into our culture. We just submitted. You know, it came out of the world, and I, we just submitted to that. And the Bible doesn't say women should or should not wear pants. not in the Bible. Well, and, and here's the other thing. E- even the dress... You know, because uh, some people will say, well, women are supposed to wear head covering. Okay, that was very specific to the Jews. Very specific to the Jews. Stuff like that, the dress is not, uh, uh, you know, that's a cultural thing that doesn't have to be adhered to except for modest apparel. See, there you go. That's where you go. The pants, no pants is not the issue. It's modesty. Right. It's femininity that somebody should look right. at me and say, I think he's a man. No, 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 no. Someone should look at you and go, oh, yeah, he's definitely a man. Yeah. I yeah, remember. She's definitely a woman. Part of my cultural Christianity experience, men didn't wear beards in our fundamental churches in those days. 
I didn't know that. Jesus had a beard. I thought, I want to follow Jesus. I'll grow a beard. (laughs) Plus, it covered up some of the ugly, you know. I got a great face for audio podcasting, not not video. So you're putting me up here on video. That's your your fault, John. You should know better. But I grew a beard, and it was really cross-cultural. I had... I had preachers really get angry at me and come and they loved me, but they were, they had really bought into a culture of Christianity and, uh, and really were, some people were offended that I grew a beard. Well, how uh, about this? Uh, you know, I moved here and started a church. You've been, <clears throat> you've been part of us since the very beginning. I went to a meeting of a fellowship meeting of pastors and I wore a suit at that time and, and I'm, I'm, back into wearing suits again on Sundays, you know, except for when they're really hot, hot Sundays, I don't care to wear a suit, but I, I'm, I like wearing suits. I like dressing up. At any rate, I was wearing a suit and a guy came up to me who's big in the fellowship. And he says, uh, look, church planners don't wear suits. And I said, so I didn't see that verse. Well, and I said, well, that can't be true because I planted a church. Therefore, I'm a church planner. And daggum, I got a suit on. <laughs> but see how, but yeah. see how the culture tried to dictate? Yeah, yeah. And that, that's where when people start making culture part of the church, yeah. you start getting this silliness entering in. And the silliness ultimately winds up hurting people. People said uh, to me over the years, do you have a dress code at your church? I'm like, yes, we do. We have a very strict dress code at our right. church. They're like, oh, what's that? I said, clothes. That's right. <laughs> we demand clothes. You come naked, you ain't coming in. <laughs> they laugh. Ha, ha. Right. But, I, but I, you know, every summer I'd, ha- at, I'd have to say, okay, guys, warm weather's here. Uh, guys, <clears throat> you are not the Hulkster, so don't wear tank tops. You know, these these wife beater t-shirts ladies it's house of god let's let's yep. uh, let's let's uh bring up the level for the honor of glory of god because see and, if it's jesus centric yeah we can do that well and well, i say you know I, i'm the pastor and i think we got to do this or come down here uh, no it's no. it's it's jesus what i want to dress in a way that honors jesus well and i tell the ladies <clears throat> ladies i don't care what's on top i care that what's on top is covered yeah covered up i don't want to see cleavage and I don't want to see belly button. And I'm very, listen, I'm very clear from the pulpit about this. Am I legalistic? No, I'm not legalistic. No. I'm scriptural because it's modest. Your church is apparel. beautiful. Dude, church. people don't come here thinking about what they're wearing, but they are dressed modestly. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about, it. I'm going to hear God's word today. I can't wait. Dude, I love I got it. I bring you a visitor. I got visitor. They're going to hear the gospel. They're going to learn how to be saved. Yeah, God has been so uh, good, man. I isn't, got, isn't the church awesome? I think it is. The real church, the, the real, real church. word of God. Yeah really loving people, not being afraid, not walking on eggshells with everybody, just having liberty to love unconditionally, liberty to preach the whole counsel of the word of God and, and do it tastefully and doing it with grace. Yep. It's, and then to see the power of God touching people and changing people. Huh. You know, 50 years of this ain't enough for me. I'm just getting Amen. started. Right. So we talked about the five things for biblical Christianity. If you violate any of the five, you uh, start in the cultural Christianity. Uh, the words that we have both in the Old and New Testaments are described as God's very words. Job twenty three twelve. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And so we see, even in the Old Testament, it's all about God's words. How about God speaks and we all shut up. Yeah. Plain and simple. Done. Psalm one nineteen nine. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word or God's word, right? How about Isaiah fifty-five eleven? So shall my word, God, this is God speaking, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Um, we have John six sixty-three. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Jesus talking. He's like, listen, I'm, I'm giving you life. I'm feeding your spirit. 
or feeding you spiritually from uh, the Holy Spirit because it's the Spirit who gives life. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I love this passage, right? Because this passage tells us exactly what the Word of God does for us. It says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Therefore, God wrote this. He inspired men to pen it. So when people go, well, man wrote the Bible. Technically, yes, man wrote what God told him to write. All men of God were moved by the Spirit to write what the Spirit said. It was Absolutely. their hand. It was God's voice. Absolutely. So all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And then verse 17 is like my favorite, that the man of God, now that is so important. It's not that the man can be complete or the person can be complete, but that the person that is of God man of God, of God, follows God, lives according to God, desires to walk with God, that person, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And complete literally means lacking nothing. You know, I see from that text when something significant, holy, powerful is happening on the inside, it's soon going to show up. On the, on the outside. outside. And how is it going to show up in good works, Yep, in acts of benevolence, unconditional love, without compromising the word? Well, and that's what Paul did when he taught. That's what uh, the church of Thessalonica. Paul actually commends the believers, 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. In other words, they're constantly thank you, Lord, for this. Because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. So it seems like your narrative Damn. is this. So good. When it's a biblical church, it would rather offend people than offend God. Absolutely. And if it's a cultural church, it would rather kind of leave off the real scriptures for fear of offending uh, people. Offending people. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to do that? Listen, I've had people come up and tell me, uh, Pastor, I think, you know, especially if I talk on a hard subject, you know, Pastor, I don't think you should talk about that. And I would tell them, but it's the next verse. Like, I don't have an option. This is the next verse. And that's what we do. We preach the next verse. And, it, well, I, don't, I think you need to leave it out. And I will tell them all the time, listen, I would rather have you leave here mad than have God leave here mad. And they or don't get it. I think there's another fear that I, that I have that I don't want people leaving from hearing me preach, believing they're okay with God. And in reality, they're, going they're to not hell. okay with God. Absolutely. If I made them comfortable in their sin without calling them to repentance, woe is me. Paul said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Well, how about this? Jesus makes it very clear of the importance of the word of God. In Matthew 4, 4, you know, Jesus is being tempted at the time, right, by Satan over and over three times. And all three times, Jesus answers him virtually the same way. It says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then if you go down to verse 7, after Satan tempts him, Jesus says to him in verse 7, it is written again. Let me, in other words, let me remind you. Yeah. It is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord, and I love this, your God. He tells Satan, I'm the man. I'm the man. Don't tempt the Lord, your God, right? Remember when I threw you out of heaven? Same me. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, I'm it, right? And then in verse 10, after Satan tempts him again, Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So it is written, it is written, it is written. And so even Jesus shows the power is in the word of God, not the opinion of man. Mm -hmm. 
He was rather emphatic on that, wasn't he? He was very emphatic. And and I'm I'm thinking, why would anybody want to stray from that? When you come in, you know, I think maybe the word is brokenness. When you're broken and you want help, you can't get help by changing the word of God or ignoring the word of God or pretending God didn't say that or tuning that one out because it's not popular today. No, you just, brokenness comes, opens a Bible. God speaks to us. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I wasn't offended in church when they told me I was a sinner. Yeah. It just affirmed what I already would knew and was experiencing. So here's the thing about true believers, true believers. They were really countercultural, right? Uh, yeah. Because they were transformed by, by Christ's resurrection and the Holy Spirit, and they studied the scriptures. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily Daily. to find out whether these things were so. I think of, uh, I love that word you just used, cross-cultural, because Jesus is way cross-cultural. Counter-cultural. Counter-cultural, yeah, yeah. He was countercultural. When you have holiness coming in among men, it's obviously going to be countercultural. It, it can't be any other way. Yeah. I'm thinking of the Apostle Paul at Greece. Now, he took their culture, you know, the Greeks seek wisdom, you know, the Jews show us a sign. There's different ways different people groups think. You know, I'm a hippie, I certainly think, you know, <laughs> dude, you know what I'm saying? And uh, we think certain ways. Right. <laughs> and, um, uh, Paul met the the Grecians on Mars Hill. The, he found that statue to the unknown God. They had all this pantheism and uh, you know, a thousand gods. They're afraid they left one out. And he might be powerful. He might be mad. So we'll make one to the unknown God just to be safe. And so Paul went, the unknown God here, That's who, I'm preaching him. He kind of met them where they were at. But what he hit him with was the truth. word of God, the, word of God. the truth. And and not many, but some did respond. There's places where, where there was but, a great but where, response. But where's the power? The power is yeah. not in our words. Yeah. Yeah. They were saved by what? The word, word of, God. of God. Yeah. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when people get all caught up trying to say it their way, why don't they just say it God's way and be done with yeah. it? It's interesting. It just comes to my mind as we're thinking thing through. Uh, Paul spoke to the Jews in a Jewish language. You know, our father Abraham, <laughs> when he's speaking to the, to the Gentiles, he say about the Jews, well, their father Abraham... <laughs> Right. <laughs> he he kind of spoke to their culture with the word of God. Well, and here's the other thing too. You know, the Bible says that Paul became all things to all men that he might win some. Right? That doesn't mean that he joined them in their activities. Yeah. It simply means he didn't attack their culture. He didn't attack their beliefs. He simply gave them the word of God, and the word of God convicted them when their beliefs and their culture was wrong. Now today they don't want to hear the word of God because it convicts them of their of their belief and their culture. Well, we're Christians. We're just yeah yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah. yeah well, listen, you have your Christianity. We have ours. Well, here's the interesting thing, though. I I put this in here. Whereas cultural Christianity is comfortable and focused on cultural issues, biblical Christianity produces believers who are willing to die for their faith based on what the Bible says. Biblical Christianity is historic Christianity. It's, I'd say it's the only kind of Christianity, for it's, real. For real. It's the for only real. real Christianity. And everything else are, are uh, counterfeits. Uh, yeah. and well, I've been hey, hanging out with you a lot, Johnny. I'm so, <laughs> so check this I out. Talk, I can talk real straight up to you. <laughs> Dude, you come a long way. <laughs> you fire me up. Oh, and I, I moderate you, uh, and we're just grooving. It's, it's, I think it's fantastic. <laughs> A true Christian has received Jesus Christ as, oh, I know what I was going to say. You know, people who who talk about uh, their Christianity and their belief, if if it's not out of the scriptures, they're they're not saved, dude. They're trying to add to his word or nullify his word. Can't do it. Or pretend that he didn't say that. When we stand before him, the Bible's going to be, it's so simple. He's yep. going to open the Bible, going to be judged every, every idle word that we said and every word that he wrote. Yeah. 
it's it's not complicated, but you have people that want to just kind of do it their way. Right. And we were told that day would come. They will. They will. There's uh, a way turn that away seems right unto man, and in the end, it brings forth death. death. Yeah, and uh, they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. When in the last days? The now, last there's days. been false teachers all the way through the church right. age, but he said it'll intensify in the latter Boy, years. Boy, has it ever! Yeah. So, so if we walk in the spirit, we can expect some persecution. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh man, and bring it on. Anyway, we handle it. We got the Holy Spirit. We'll be all right. I, yeah. What do What are you gonna do? Promote me and send me home? I mean, <laughs> come on. Uh, a true Christian, <clears throat> a true Christian has received Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior, John one twelve. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. A true Christian is only a true Christian if they believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the only way to heaven. Did you clear that with Oprah? <laughs> for Oprah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So uh, Jesus trumps Oprah, I think. I think. I think, I think yeah. he does. Yeah, Oprah, yeah. Obama. I love Oprah. Them. I think she's a well, great you know, entertainer. She's even, got even, a great heart for people and things, but, boy, she needs Jesus. She needs Jesus. Heart, you know? Well, how about Obama? You know, Obama says he's a Christian, then turned around and mocked the Bible at every chance he got. Yeah, yeah. And supported Ramadan. That tells me he's Muslim, not Christian. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I digress. A true Christian believes that Christ has paid the penalty for his sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, in Christ. So a true Christian believes that Christ paid for the penalty. A true Christian trusts in Christ's resurrection, Luke 9.23. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Listen, you can't claim to be a Christian and not get in the word of God. Here's another one. Cultural Christianity. I don't have to go to church to believe in God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that once or twice. I'm so sick of that. Yeah. You know what? You're right. You don't have to go to church to believe in God, but I will tell you this. You're going to stay an ignoramus about God if you don't go to church. Mm-hmm. Because who's teaching you? What, Joel Osteen? Mm-hmm. Give me a break. Your best life now. Bull crap. Your best life is when you die and you're in the, in the bosom of Abraham. Without Jesus, yeah, your best life is now if you don't have Jesus because then you're going to die and go to hell. So you better enjoy what you got now. Yeah, our best life is not measured by earthly riches and no. opportunities. Or saying, how about this? You're riding down a highway. God, I'm running late to my appointment, and the traffic is blocking me, and so God just creates a great divide, like you're Bruce Almighty, and you just cruise on <laughs> down the highway. Like, what the crap is that about? Dude, I get so sick of hearing this pro- prosperity gospel stuff, man. <laughs> All right, I've digressed, but that's I cultural. I could jump in on that. Listen, could, listen, that is cultural. It's a new Christ- cultural. It's a new cultural, Christian. We can use God for favors, you know. Yeah, <laughs> God's favor. Will be oh no, no, here God. you go. Ready? It's God's favor. Rub the genie bottle. Yeah, yeah God is oh, not okay, a cosmic. Uh, God is not a cosmic <laughs> vending machine, is he? Let me drop in thirty cents, pull the knob, and see if my gift falls out. Oh my goodness, dude! I'm sorry, I digressed. A biblical Christian knows what all that looks like because he bases his life on the word of God, not on the cultural norms. What's amazing is the culture is changing so fast now. Constant. It's absolutely amazing. And and people are so insecure. And, man, we need that unchanging gospel, those things that are, are, are never moved. We need the rock uh, he, Jesus is a rock of offense. Yes. The Bible he, calls him the rock of offense. offense. Yeah. And when you have a rock that doesn't offend, it's not the rock Christ. And listen, uh, Christ offends at every turn. Let's yeah. just be honest. For, and, and, and there's another, there's another cultural, uh, the, woke, uh, the woke culture. Yeah. Our, Jesus you offended love. me. Yeah. You made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Here we go, or, man. or how about this? How about this one? Um, God is love. I actually had a couple lead. They got so frustrated with me because I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading scripture. And it says that Jesus Christ is the judge. I read that one. 
He's the judge, and he will condemn. This couple got so angry with me that they never came back to church because the whole time I'm reading the verse that says God is or Jesus is the judge and that he will judge those, they're like literally sitting there verbally out loud. God is love. God is love. God is love. Okay, God's love, but God is also just and righteous and holy. And Jesus says that he will judge and he will condemn those who did not believe. They will be condemned to hell. People are creating a God image in their mind separate from the scripture. Yep. And they're bowing to the God of self-will. But that's cultural Christianity. Yeah, It comes in many flavors. Oh, my goodness. It comes in many flavors. But I think that word offense is just sticking in my mind right now. Uh, we're living in a day where, God forbid, that you should ever offend anybody, except Jesus. You're allowed to offend Jesus. You're going to offend Jesus. You can't take Muhammad's name in vain, and I'm not recommending that uh, to offend Muslims. I, I don't want to offend anybody. Right. But it's okay to take God's name in vain. Yeah, well, you know, we don't do this on purpose. We do this to teach. Guys, I'm just telling you, you it's not okay to offend God and raise up man. It's not okay. It'll how, be very temporary. How about this? The Protestant Reformation, that brought in a revival of biblical Christianity. But then you know who, who turned that around? The Roman Catholic Church. Here's what I mean by that, because I know that might offend some, but listen to me now. For centuries, the Roman Catholic Church made its tradition superior in authority over the Bible. Over the Bible. Yeah. And that, that's what I mean by that. You know, and, and even to this day, the Pope believes that his stand or his voice or his opinion has greater authority than the scriptures. Yeah, because he, in their view, I don't believe this, but no, no, in their I don't, view, that's he's Christ's vicar upon the earth. So when he speaks, oh, it is God speaking. So God can change his mind, I guess. And well, and the new Pope said he is not the vicar of Christ. And I agree with him. I agree with him. <laughs> The Holy Spirit might be the vicar of Christ, if you please, oh. because he is the spirit of Christ. Oh, man. What a mess Satan has made. Amen. It, he has. But, but you can get away around all of that. Right. Just go back to the scriptures. Don't be afraid of what men think. Uh, I just read in Psalm 120, verse 7 this morning, I am for peace. When I speak, they are for, for war. war. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Bible tells us that God's word is true and God breathed and complete, which we read that already in 2 Timothy 3.16. Right? All scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, uh, correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. <clears throat> we are warned not to go beyond God's written word. 1 Corinthians 4, 6. Now these things, brethren. Now, he's writing to the Christian because the world not, is not going to hear this. That world's just foolishness to them. Yeah, absolutely. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. Do not go past or think beyond what the word of God makes clear. You said that earlier, right? There's some things that they're not in scripture, but we can morally equate them to we're not going to offend God with it, so we won't do it. Well, Paul's saying, listen, don't, don't go beyond the word of God. It's laid out for you. It's clear. Stay in those boundaries, right? Otherwise, you will be puffed up and think you are more than you are. Boy, don't we have that today. Today, true Christians are <clears throat> still rightly dividing the word of truth. And, and we're to do that, right? 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. In other words, constantly constantly, constantly stay in the word of God to know the word of God so that you're diligent to show yourself right before God. 
brings us back around to simplicity in Christ. Well, and here's the thing. How can you live right before God if you don't know the word of God? How can you, that God is all love when the reality is you don't even know what God has to say about love? Yeah. comes to my mind, this little song we teach our children and our children's programs in the church. Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow, grow. You grow, grow, grow. And then we did another verse. Watch TV and play all the time, play all the time, play all the time. Watch TV and play all the time. And you shrink, shrink, shrink. How cool is that? That's so strong. It, because that's a biblical truth. It's a biblical truth. And, you know, one of the great disciplines, this gets into application of our, of our message today. I was taught so wonderfully right from the start, wake up in the morning, let Christ be preeminent. I'm a morning person. I'll have a son-in-law. He can't even complete a sentence until noon. <laughs> he's an evening guy. He gets into the word of God in the evening. Right. That's when he's, that's what he's on top of his game. I'm on the top of my game in the morning and I start my day at the feet of Jesus and I read his word. He speaks to me when I read the Bible, man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I see something every day that I, I never quite saw before. And then I, I, I kind of pray the word of God back to Jesus as I'm reading it. And uh, what a better prayer than the promises of God. And I the pray word the promises back to God. Yeah. God, you said this. I believe it. Yeah. Lord, I'm in over my head today. I need you. I love you. I want to bring you glory today. Let me be a blessing to somebody today, Lord. Protect me from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, thank you for my faithful provision. I, you know, I don't even hardly pray about stuff anymore in reference to material because he just takes care he knows my needs before i ask i don't even bother asking he loves me so much and i and i focus on his glory and i focus on the needs of hurting people and then i launch into my day i'm I'm protected by angels i have uh, the steps of a good man are ordered by the lord we have a divine appointment down to sub shop you buy a girl a sandwich and she freaks out and (laughs) just you know and yet the four girls were watching i love your response to that i my, my mind goes back to that over and over again and you said, I never want the girl that told him off and got made a total it, it tried, made an idiot out of herself in front of a bunch of people. You said, I would never want to be my good works to be controlled by somebody who has bad works, something like to that effect. I don't want to be controlled by evil, but I want to overcome evil with good is kind of what you said. Mm-hmm. And um, that's beautiful. That's simple. And it's sweet. Uh when people get to know, you know, here we are, we're preaching the whole counsel of the word of God without apology. We're standing on the exclusivity of Jesus. We're standing on Judeo moral Christian values. Uh, we're standing on gender issues. According to the Bible, we can't, we're not going to change our pronouns and we no. don't, we're not doing that to be mean, but you know what? No, we get, how, how can we do that and stand on the word of God? Uh, you, you can't, can't. you can't. But in the meantime, when people get to know the real John Westfall or me, we're, we're kind of nice guys, you know, kind of. Yeah, we buy people lunch, and we're we can be fun. We can have a good time. Kinda. Our kids turned out pretty good. You know, they know how to work, and they married well. Profitable to society. I met your son-in-law the other day. He's awesome, and right, uh, and uh, took me out for lunch. And uh, he's a nice guy. It's crazy in love with your daughter. I'll yeah. tell you, that, man. He's yeah. He better stay that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, he does. He loves. They they love one another. You know, here's the thing. Um, in a world where people want to redefine everything. Yeah. Pronouns. We everything. as Christians must hold firm to the truth that God's word endures forever. Isaiah 40 verse 8, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word, word of, of our God, God stands, stands forever. forever. I love this because it's the word, this is so personal, the word of our God. Now, what's interesting is if you and I read it as Christians, that is very personal. Personal possessive pronoun, our. Our. I like, I I don't want to change that. No, I love that, right? Mark 13, 31. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Do you know for thousands of years, no, I'm not going to go to that, for centuries, for hundreds of years, hundreds and hundreds of years, they've been trying to destroy the word of God. From the garden of Eden, yea, hath God said, Satan said, 
Yeah, so I, I could say thousands because yeah. we're only ju- just under 7,000 years old. Yeah. So for thousands of years, yeah, since the Garden of Eden, dude, I didn't even I had go to back correct that you, John. I just yeah. to be gentle with dude, you. Dude, I, <laughs> I don't want to rub the fur the wrong way. Dude, that's okay. You can call it a cop. We don't even care, man. Yeah, so right? So literally since the beginning of time, Satan and his influence over man has been trying to get rid of the word of God, but it will endure forever. Hey guys, listen, I want you to know as a Christian, our faith should be based firmly on what God has revealed to us through his word. Christianity that is not biblical is not Christianity. Christianity. That's what we were trying to say. Yeah. Hey guys, listen, hold on to the word of God. That's all you're going to have when everything's said and done. Culture is going to change. People are going to change. Beliefs are going to change, but the word of God endures forever. And if you have that, you always have the promises of God, the understanding of God, and you'll know the expectations from God on your life. And that will be a victory. So, hey, guys, I hope this has helped you. If it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.